you want me to start with oh, a question? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> did you want me to ask a question or did you want to ask oh, the I question? Oh, I can ask the question. Hey, okay. Maggie. Hey, Ashley. <laughs> We're terrible at this. 11 episodes in, we still don't we have suck. it down. We suck. It's fine. So we're going on the fly. <clears throat> anyway, what's your favorite Missy Elliott song? I'm going to go with The Rain because every time it rains, I want to listen to it. But see, whenever it rains, I just get garbage stuck in my head. Oh, see, that's also a good rainy day song. Right? But there's the start of your rainy day playlist. You're welcome, kids. All right. Don't worry, kids. We'll make Spotify. 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 <laughs> Fuck you, mouth. We'll make a Spotify playlist on rain. That's what we're talking about today. Oh, that's a good idea. We're talking about rain. No, we're not. We're, we're talking not. about Missy Elliott. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> Arguably one of the hardest working female artists ever to be on this planet. She's amazing. Yeah. She is wonderful. So, so, so what's your favorite song? I said rain. Oh, it is rain? Super duper fly. Okay. Obviously, mine is Lose Control. Obviously. Because I always pick that whenever <laughs> the whenever fucking... there is a jukebox anywhere in our vicinity. I t- that one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good one to go with. I like it. But anyway, let's get right into it. All right. Welcome to Rock Candy. Hello. Your weekly podcast of stories and lore from music legends. <laughs> hosted by two drunk ladies. Yay, not drunk enough yet. Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> we're getting there. We're ha- I'm halfway through my first beer. By the way, before we forget, because we always forget. Yes. We are drinking Dirty Little Freak from Duke Claw Brewing Company. Yes. It is delightful. It is fucking delicious. This shit is coconut caramel chocolate brown ale. Yep. And it's so good. It's like a little light candy. A little bit. A little light rock candy. Ugh. I tried. Ugh. I'm Maggie. <laughs> I'm Ashley. Yeah. And we're your hosts. And we're just a mess and it's fine. Yeah, we're kind of a mess today. It's but fine. That's okay. You know what? Sometimes you're going to have your off days and this is one of them. <laughs> Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> yep. We're going there. No, we're not, though. Actually, I don't think we are today. No? Like, I don't think we're going to, like, Depressedville. Oh, no, 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 no. No. No, no. Missy Elliott's story is generally a positive one. All right! So, Woo! And we're, so we're continuing the, the Women's History Month yep. theme we got going here. And this, you know, when we first decided to do... Missy, when we were planning this whole month of podcasts out, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do Missy. And I wasn't like super jazzed about it because I don't know Missy Elliott's story or her music all that well. Right. But doing the research and stuff for this, I fucking love Missy. Oh, shit. She is fantastic. She's a fucking feminist icon and people need to respect her. Yo, fucking hashtag respect for Missy. Seriously. But like... After I've been listening to all the albums, like I do, whenever we get ready for um, an episode, and I'm like, damn, this woman is all about women fucking destroying the glass ceiling and owning their shit. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Not only that, but she fucking worked her 
butt off. Seriously. Holy shit. I did not realize how many songs she's written, how many people she's collaborated with. Oh my God. She's written, I read somewhere she, she's written over 500 songs. Oh and shit. that's not even for her. It's for like everybody, everybody. Jesus. But anyway, we'll let's get, get into it. All let's, right. Let's, let's get do into it. Up. So in case you didn't know, Missy Misdemina Elliott is a multi-platinum rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, dancer, and even talent scout, Jesus. among many other things. She's a busy lady. She's a busy lady. She's won four Grammy Awards, has collaborated on songs for high-profile musicians like Janet Jackson, Beyonce, Whitney Houston, Mary J. Blige, Ciara, Puff Daddy, Aaliyah, Debrat, etc., 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 etc. Jesus! It is a list I couldn't even begin to write down. It's enormous. And like, I can't, I could not physically talk about every single collaboration she's done. It's impossible to do that. We only have an hour and change. I couldn't. No. <laughs> so I couldn't get everything in there. This is just like the main points about Missy and her solo career. Right. Which is fair. So <clears throat> she has sold over 30 million records in the U.S. alone and is the best-selling female rap artist of all time. Yes. Not to mention, girl has a feminist legacy, and we should all have the utmost respect for her. All right. I will tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, Melissa Arnett Elliott was born and raised in the great state of Virginia. She was born in 1971 to Patricia and Ronnie Elliott, a power company dispatcher and a retired U.S. Marine slash shipyard welder, respectively. She loved performing at a young age. She grew up in a church-going family and even participated in the church's choir. She lived in North Carolina for a short time while her father was on active duty in the Marines, and she flourished academically while she was there. Nice. Teachers actually described her as having a genius IQ. Oh. She was very, very smart. Two weeks a genius lady. Yeah, right? That's it. And she was actually bumped up two grades ahead of, um... Those the same age as her? Are you shitting me? Two? Two grades. I've never heard of two. I've heard of one. Yeah. But I've never heard of two. But this move made her feel isolated and unhappy. Mm. So she purposely failed so she could go back to her normal class. Oh. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. Sad. But her childhood was pretty rough and not entirely happy. She, they had moved after Ronnie went off of active duty. They Mm -hmm. returned to Portsmouth, Virginia. And there, Ronnie was very abusive to Patricia, beating her almost every day. He once even dislocated both of her shoulders. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Fuck that guy. Oh, why? Because some dudes just be assholes. I don't know. (laughs) Fuck. Like, one is enough. I mean, one's too much, but one is enough. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a different time. I'm, that's not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. But, it and I'm sure Patricia and Ronnie were of the generation that it's like, you stick with your man. Yeah. But, but anyway. Um, Yo, can we cover somebody who's like five so that we don't have to fucking <laughs> say, well, that was just the time. That was just the time. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Worst excuse ever. Fucking. Um, so, he only hit Missy once. Oh, but he, you only hit Missy once. You only you don't hit Missy at all. If you if but you, if you hit you do, Missy, you don't live to tell the tale. Yeah. 
So he only hit Missy once, but he did threaten her with a gun when she was 14. Holy shit. So slightly unstable, dad. Oh, GTFO. Yep. GTFO. When a gun fucking gets into the situation, you need to get the fuck out. Yeah. So the constant abuse in her family made her everyday life unstable and left Missy very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And she was preyed upon for it. And when she was eight years old, an older male cousin began molesting her. Oh, fuck. But Missy dealt with her abusive home life by retreating into her bedroom and immersing herself in music. And she often called her bedroom her wonderland. And that's where she went so she could sing along to the radio in front of her dolls and write letters to her favorite singers, the Jacksons, hoping that they would magically appear and rescue her from her home life. Oh, my God. Ironically enough, now she counts Janet Jackson as like her best friend. Oh, Which is very, very sweet. That's awesome. It's so cute. But she also listened to the likes of Marvin Gaye and The Temptations, Grace Jones and Donna Summer, as well as the gospel music her mother loved. And she studied the harmonies from the gospel music for future reference. There you go. So eventually, Patricia and Missy were able to get away from Ronnie for good. Good. After he pulled the gun on Missy when she was 14... Oh, she left the house with her mother under the guise of taking a joyride on a bus. Oh. But in reality... <laughs> like, hold up. I mean, that's like the most dodgy story. Right? We're going on a joyride on a bus. CDTA. I'm jumping on the city bus. Yeah. We're going to have a great time. Now, arguably, when you're 14, that is a joyride. But when you're, like, in your 30s or 40s, not yeah. so much. Right. And also, <laughs> I mean, I can understand, like, taking your little kid... Yeah. On a bus ride. <laughs> she's 14. <laughs> she's just like, Mom, where are we going? <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but in reality, while Ronnie was away that day, Fuck. Patricia had put all their belongings in a U-Haul and parked it at a family member's house. And she and her daughter got the fuck out and left the abuse behind uh, them. Because if a gun shows up, GTFO. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't fucking... Sit around and wait and see what happens. Like, oh, there's a gun. Yeah. Bye. But I'm I'm sure Patricia realized that. Oh, and was of course. Like, fuck you and your gun. We're getting the fuck out of here. Right. Like that is this is your prime example. Yes. D- gun means leave. But Patricia did good for her and her fucking right and That's, her daughter. She got out. Not all. Not every story gets done like that. So exactly. thank goodness it did. Mm-hmm. After they got away, they started their new life. And Missy was a good student as a young girl. Like, her teachers thought she was pretty much a genius. Right. But that started changing when she got into high school. You don't say. Yeah. And like, high school makes you change a little bit. Yeah. And I believe at this point she had also gotten away from the cousin that was molesting her. Ugh, I so hope she didn't so. have to deal with that and the abuse from her dad anymore. Also, I read somewhere that she's still in contact with her father. Although she still does not forgive him for what he put her family through. Fucking so good. So good for her. Yeah, you don't have for to forgive him. So yeah. So she was a good student, but it started changing when she was in high school. She started cutting class so she and her friends could have rehearsals in their in her living room. And consequently, her grades plummeted. But like, that's the best reason ever to not go to class. Right? My reason for not going to class was to hang out across the street and play hacky sack. Yeah. I mean, she's not cutting class to go smoke weed, which arguably isn't that bad. But still, 
But going, skipping class, you can be an amazing musician. Worth it. Worth it. Clearly it was worth it. Spoiler alert, it was (laughs) worth it, guys. (laughs) Don't mean to ruin the end of this for you or anything. But But it's worth it. But it's worth it. Um, So she was in danger of failing all of her classes. Oh, shit. But she knuckled down and really made an attempt to get her grades up. And the turning point was pretty much she turned the poem The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe into a rap with her friend doing the beatboxing. Shut up. That's amazing. Yeah, and she got an A on it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> as you should. Good. good, as she should. <laughs> and this gave her the confidence to up her grades and pass her classes. Oh. She had a friend named Magoo. Good who, name. Because, yeah, that's a good name. Was right? he blind? I don't think so. Oh. I did not look up the origin story of Magoo's nickname. You know, and I shouldn't assume, were they blind? Magoo is a dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't assume. Were they blind? <laughs> anyway, Magoo. <laughs> yes. In turn, introduced her to her frequent collaborator, Timothy Mosley, better known as Timbaland. Oh, shit. Who would become, you know, her number one right-hand dude who co-wrote and produced almost everything. Every album that she did, he was producer, co-writer. Almost every song that she wrote for other artists, he had some hand in. That's really nice to learn because, you know, I'm listening to the albums and you hear Timbaland on pretty much all of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder how he discovered her. Can't wait to hear about it. Oh, they were Biffles. Yeah, in Aww. high school. And oh, and at one point, Timbaland and Magoo were their own duo. And they had, like, they put out a couple albums, I believe. Oh. Remember them? I remember, like, right t- I, mean, after- I remember Timbaland. I did not remember <laughs> Magoo. I'm sorry, Magoo. I don't, I don't remember what he looks like. But I definitely remember Timbaland and Magoo putting out a CD after Missy's came out. So, but anyway... So Magoo introduced her to Timbaland and also Pharrell Williams. They all went to high school together. Wait. Yeah. I thought Pharrell was younger than us. Oh, no. He's in his 40s. No, he looked good. I know. Good job, Pharrell. Yeah. So does Missy. She's 45. Yeah, they all look good. But, like, again, I was convinced Pharrell was, like, 27. Yeah. You would think so. Holy shit. He acts young. Damn, boy. He's got a young spirit. Looking good, boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, I found a really funny quote from Missy about when she first met Pharrell. And she says, I remember him coming into the studio and he had some jeans on and he had the cuffs where they all, they came all the way up to his knees. What? And I had never seen cuffs that big in my life. And I was like, what part of Virginia he from? I want to see a picture of this because it looks so ridiculous in I'm my just, head. I'm just picturing Pharrell for some reason in that gigantic fucking 10-gallon hat he was wearing oh for a while. Oh my yes. And like a bright red jacket and jeans <laughs> with cuffs all the way up to his knees. What? Is he that short? Is he like four foot eight that he can buy jeans that you can cuff all the way Well, now that I knees? know he's four foot eight, I'm less attracted to him. <laughs> Now that I know that Pharrell's a leprechaun, <laughs> not so attracted to him anymore. Sorry, leprechauns. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we digress. 
So they began making music together. And eventually, in the late 1980s, Missy had put together an all-girl rap group called Phase, Mm -hmm. which would later be renamed Sista, Mm -hmm. as in sister. (laughs) Like sister, sister? Because I'm really white and I suck at pronouncing these things. Yeah, for some reason, when we say it, it just sounds wrong. It sounds terrible. We're sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Timberland and Pharrell were in their own group, and I fucking love the name of this group. Their group was called Surrounded by Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But Timbaland was also producing demo tapes for FaZe at the same time. Holy shit. Were they all still in high school at this point or was it this post I think they school? were just out of high school. Okay. Because I was going to say, they like, were, Jesus Christ, kids. Yeah, they were either like seniors or something or they were just out of high school. You don't have to keep making the rest of us look bad. Yeah, right? Come on. <laughs> I feel bad enough about myself as a person. Now, somehow, FaZe found themselves in touch with the tour manager for Jodeci. Oh, shit. I don't know if you remember Jodeci. I have vague recollections of Jodeci. Jodeci was the shit in the early 90s. They were, like, the biggest R&B group in the country, probably the world at that yeah. point. But this was, like, 1991, so we were, like... In second grade, Six. we probably wouldn't have known no. Jod. I remember yes. my recollection of Jodeci is based mostly on Casey and JoJo. Yes. Who were super big. Oh my God. In well, like the I think late it 90s. was just that one song. Well, yeah, they had that one. At every dance <laughs> you ever went to when you were in middle that, school and high school. Every dance ended with either that song or um, the All for One song. Oh. Pray for someone like you. (laughs) Yeah, you remember, or you might not. You might have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, or I swear by All for One. Remember that? I swear. I think that might have been later than, or no, 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 that was before. Before, okay. I think I'm just trying to put it like, when was I in summer camp? And then I try to remember summer camp songs. Those were some good summer 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 jams. Summer camp jams. Summer jams. So Jodeci. <laughs> anyway, Jodeci. <laughs> so Missy came up with this grand plan to dress FaZe in outfits that match the ones Jodeci was famous for. What? Get backstage at one of their shows and perform for Jodeci in person. Like this is a fucking movie from like 1996 or something. Because it was 1996. <laughs> It was like, earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the shit you could do. You cannot do this shit anymore. No. Security and just general distrust of human beings. You yeah. can't do that anymore. These yeah. are only song or stories that you can get in the 90s. I feel like nobody even really tries to do that anymore. Especially yeah. because most of the shows that I go to, usually the artists are either like back in the audience to watch the other bands play yeah. <laughs> or they're just like hanging out having a smoke like in front of the venue <laughs> yeah they're just i am here i don't yeah i just don't care like just don't recognize me or like they're at the pizza hut next door which totally happened to me once which i'll say for another time but it's good, it's good it was story. Like, i almost peed my pants and died in pizza hut <laughs> i think a lot of people could say that so <laughs> Just from eating but, the pizza. I was going to say, but for very different you know reasons what? than you. It was probably because of the salad bar. Oof. Remember the salad bar? That was oh, rough. I do remember the, the salad pizza bar. Pizza Hut salad bar. 
was rough. I don't think I ever ate it because I was like, I'm here for pizza. Nobody what? did. <laughs> Nobody ate it. Anyway. So this plan that Missy had. Yes. It works. Wait, what? It completely right. worked. She got backstage. They performed for Jodeci. They fucking loved them. Nice. And Jodeci got them a record deal with Swing Mob, an imprint of Electra Records. And they renamed the group Sista, and they moved to New York City. Yay! Swing Mob was actually headed by Jodeci's own Devante Swing. And it would eventually produce big talents like Genuine, mm-hmm. and Playa, mm-hmm. and Tweet. Mm. I don't know. Okay, I'm like, yep, yep, no. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, and they had more than 20 artists on its roster Jesus. at that time. Missy brought Timbaland and Magoo with her to New York. Oh, so like, here we go. Now we got Missy giving Timbaland a little help here. Yes. All right. Yes. And the three of them immediately began writing, producing, and performing their butts off. Nice. Missy's first major writing credit was for Raven Simone. Mm. In 1993, uh, she wrote her Raven Simone's debut song, That's What Little Girls Are Made Of. Yo, how old is Raven Simone? Oh, she's younger than us. And I watched the video for this. Oh, yeah. She's a baby. She was, like, still on the Cosby show. Oh. Or, like, just off the Cosby show. Little baby Raven. Little baby Raven. (laughs) Back when she was tolerable. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, does she still do things? She was on The View for a while, and she said a lot of dumb shit, and then they but pretty much- But I feel much... like that's what happens to you. When you get on The View- <laughs> That's it, what happens I when you I think, like, yeah. your brain just stops working. Yeah, the only person that hasn't done that yet is Whoopi Goldberg. Mm, I think she said some questionable things. Oh, she said plenty of questionable things, but she's like, nah, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Good for you, Whoopi. <laughs> If she sees a solid job, she sees job security, she's got it in lockdown. She's not fucking around. <laughs> so, Missy was also getting things going with Sista, but that would come to a screeching halt oh, no. soon enough. After That's What Little Girls Are Made Of came out, naturally a music video was to follow. Okay, like you do. But Missy was never contacted to appear in the video even though she rapped an entire verse in the song. What? Instead, she was replaced by a light-skinned model lip-syncing Missy's verse. Which totally reminds me of CNC Music Factory. Yup. Do you remember that whole thing? Everybody dance now! Yeah. That woman is not that woman in yeah, the video. Yeah, no. You, the, the skinny little, like, model Mm-mm. that's, like, scre- Nope. That's not the lady that sang that song. Not no, at all. Not at all. She was a much bigger, older woman. Yeah. And she, oh, no, she's curvy she was, and in her 30s, we better not put her on a video. She was part of a of a really popular oh, group in, I think, the 70s. I want to say it's the Pointer Sisters, but it's not. Sister Sledge? Oh, maybe. No, I, not Sister Sledge. Something like that. Something like that. Fuck, I can't remember. It don't matter. <clears throat> but she was part of a pretty big girl group. Yeah. And uh, her voice is very recognizable. Yeah. And they fucking replaced her with this skinny bitch. That's insane. I know. I remember that. So good. So, cool. They did that to Missy too, though. So they did that to Great. Missy. And she was so hurt by the gesture that she vowed never to perform again <gasps> and put all of her focus into songwriting. Oh. So no more phase, no more performing. She just wanted to write songs. Oh my god! It's and like produce. that's like the saddest reason. I was expecting something 
real dramatic between the team yeah the team jesus the bandmates to have gone down but it turns out she wow that's sad and it's it's strange because when you see missy perform you just see the super laid back super cool very confident woman and it's like shit nothing probably phases her but everything i read made it seem like well everybody said that she's extremely shy she's very very shy and it i think she also has a thing about um feeling like people are judging her when they're watching her and i think that was especially prevalent here and she just like at that point she just couldn't handle it and just wanted to focus on songwriting because that's what was getting her somewhere right so right songs she did but unfortunately swing mob folded and missy found herself kind of a free agent oh so she and timberland continued collaborating writing songs for swv and 702 i quite remember swv and i love them um and of course Aaliyah, which we'll get to a little bit later that's right um but a little bit about Aaliyah. Nine out of the 17 songs featured on Aaliyah's second album, One in a Million, were written and produced by Missy and Timbaland. Huh. And Missy provided backing vocals or guest raps to almost all of the tracks that they wrote. Wow. The album went double platinum and produced six singles, four of which were Elliot Timbaland songs. So Holy shit. four of those hit singles were, were theirs. That's awesome. Because everybody always, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Aaliyah. She's very talented. She was very talented, very amazing artist, beautiful voice. But people, I don't really hear people talk about too much. Oh, yeah, Missy and Timbaland. They did a lot of shit for her. Oh, yeah. They helped her a lot. And, like, it wasn't just writing songs for her. It's everywhere that Missy went, Aaliyah was there. Everywhere Aaliyah went, Missy was there. So they were kind of doing, like, self-promotion right and promotion for each other all at the same time okay yeah and that's That's a really big thing with missy everybody that she collaborates with you see that she's actually legitimate friends with them right she's not going to back a pony that she doesn't believe in right exactly which is great and you see that a lot with other female rap artists like she was really good friends with debrat and oh, little yeah. Kim and yeah. all of them, and they often collaborated. Mary and she J. Blige, was, yeah, and a lot of her raps as well. Yeah, yeah, and they they were always supporting each other. That's yeah, that's really nice. Also, listening to their albums, you're like, oh, I've just been brought back to the '90s because <laughs> it's Debrat and Lil Kim and Mary J. Blige and Missy. Holy shit, it's '96 again. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Yep. Oh, good shit. So. <laughs> After Aaliyah's album came out, she had all these hits. All of a sudden, Missy and Timberland were famous and in demand. Nice. They wrote and produced hits for several artists. (laughs) (laughs) Like Destiny's Child and Nicole Ray. And in between, Missy started guest rapping on tracks for Puff Daddy, MC Light, New Edition, and a ton of other artists. Jesus. She also somehow found time to create her own imprint of Elektra Records, calling her new label The Gold Mind Inc. After her label launched, her solo artist career soon followed. Somewhere in there, somewhere doing all of these guest raps and writing all these songs and producing all this stuff... She regained the confidence to perform in front of people again. Oh. And somehow she also found the time to write an entire album 
although recording only took six days. So Super Duper Fly was released in 1997. Only took six days to record this. That's awesome. Um, And it got rave reviews. Her smash hit The Rain Mm -hmm. was released on May 20th, 1997. And quickly peaked at number six on Billboard's Hot R&B Airplay watched it several times in the last week (laughs) i remember vaguely people freaking out over that video yeah because it's really good it was just like you know what's interesting is that she wears that big suit so you think she's a lot bigger than she is yeah i wonder if that was almost like a way of her saying oh well she made the hold up hand i have i have a whole thing on the video written up oh shit all right but um yeah so the video for The Rain was directed by Hype Williams, mm-hmm. and he eventually became known for his groundbreaking hip-hop videos, because at this point, he was really working with every popular hip-hop artist, Puff Daddy, all, all of them. Oh, yeah, because he did that fucking one with Puffy and Mace, right? Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, oh, no, no. It's no, not no, Mo Money Mo. Is it Mo Money Mo Problems? Nah, I don't in. know what they want from me. It's like the more money we oh, yeah. come across. Can I throw it out there <laughs> that on this episode is what we choose to sing all of the R&B hip hop songs. I just want to throw it out there. We're, We're just sorry. Saying. We're just saying. We're sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yes. So this was directed by Hype Williams and he had that very... Um, iconic, like, saturated neon colors, yep. and he used a fisheye lens in this oh, yeah. video a lot. <laughs> and that's kind of the aesthetic he became known, known for, and he became more and more um, in demand for Yo, that. he'd be really good on Instagram right now. He really would be. <laughs> Yo, hype, get on that fucking IG game. Yeah. <laughs> but in the video, we get our first real glimpse of Missy, and it's so different than anyone else that we've yeah. seen before. She doesn't look like Janet Jackson or Aaliyah. She's a bigger woman with short finger waves, wearing a giant black trash bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's wearing big, bright orange overalls with an equally gigantic coat. And she's dancing. Yep. She's wearing oversized leather outfits while driving a Hummer. All of this with two-inch long fingernails and a face full of flawless makeup. Yeah. So it's like you have these two different like it's it's a dichotomy with with Missy. You have the big oversized kind of almost like menswear. Yeah. On a bigger woman 
who is still feminine as fuck. Although I feel like when I look at pictures of her, I thought I recalled her as bigger than she was. I'm like, yes. she's not even that big. She's not. She's not. But back but then. Compared to the times. Compared to everybody else that was popular at that I mean, point. Heroin Chic was in at that point, I believe. Yes. And well, yeah, Kate Moss thing. Kate Moss shit and uh, overall, yeah, the big booties were kind of in, but not totally. Right. And all of that, but she wasn't wearing. I feel like big booties were popular, <clears throat> gaining popularity in black culture yeah. at that point. But with white people, oh, no. it was stick thin. And of course, Did white people. Did you eat a bagel? Because I can tell. Yeah. And of course, white people culture was always dominating, especially in the late 90s. Yeah. So to see a bigger woman who was fucking dancing. Well, and not only like, that, she's wearing these, you know, arguably tomboyish clothes that don't show off her curves. Don't exactly. Show off her figure, but then, like you said, but hold up because her makeup is on point. Exactly. So she had masculinity and femininity and she was owning it and she looked fucking amazing. She really did. And on top of that. Her raps were amazing. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Is it, It's not even just, like, the way she looked. She could come out and do whatever the fuck she wanted, say what she wanted, because she had that power behind yeah, it. She just had this inherent coolness. Yeah. That everyone was like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I love it. I'm like, I want to be friends with Missy. Exactly. <laughs> but for the first time in a long time, maybe since Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote fat girl was not only representing, she was slaying it. Yes. All while showing people that you can be sexy without 100% looking like society-approved feminine. Yes. She was confident, and it showed, even while wearing an inflatable garbage bag, <laughs> which she will always be remembered for. That fucking inflatable garbage bag, who can forget? Exactly. And she said of the garbage bag outfit, the outfit was a way to mask my shyness behind all the chaos of the look. Although I am shy, I was never afraid to be a provocative woman. The outfit was a symbol of power. I love the idea of feeling like a hip-hop Michelin woman. It was bold and different. (laughs) Hip-hop Michelin woman. Hip-hop Michelin woman (laughs) is probably the best phrase I've ever heard in my fucking life. It's a good way to describe it, too. But, like, I can also, I can relate to how she feels. I'm not saying I'm shy, but I'm not, just because a woman is dressed outlandishly quote-unquote outlandishly doesn't mean that she's looking for the attention that she wants you to notice her it's just some women fucking maybe they dye their hair like we do maybe you wear a bright ass color maybe you wear clothes that are unconventional you're just this is who i am and that's what she was saying she's like look this is who i fucking am and this is how i'm comfortable and this is what i want to do so fucking good for her yeah that's awesome. Good for her for finding the confidence to do something Good. like that. And I'm really glad, too, because fuck those fuckers who didn't put her in that video. I hope right. they saw that and like, we flipped up because you did. Because you could have had the fucking rain video and instead of the, sorry, piece of <laughs> shit that Raven Simone put out. Come well, on. I mean, Raven didn't do it. <laughs> I know. An adult did. Maybe so, Raven did do it. <laughs> I kind of feel like Raven did do it. Raven did it. <laughs> Raven did it. <laughs> Call her out. <laughs> But also, at this point in the late 1990s, this was when sampling was really, really became a big mm-hmm. deal in the R in R in the R and B and the rap and the raps. <laughs> <laughs> and the rain was one of the most iconic samplings, which was of Ann Peebles' 1973 song "I Can't Stand the Rain." 
And like, yeah, that was a sample, Maggie. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. Just like uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems was a sample. Of that that song. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Pretty much every single Will Smith single was a sample of something. Well, pretty much every Puffy single. And every. (sighs) The late 90s. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like I was thinking about it, I'm like, what other uh, hip hop songs had like really, were really popular ones had samplings in them? And the only one I could think of was the one that Puff Daddy and Faith Evans did for the tribute Ooh. to Notorious B.I.G. Yep. Every and they used every step you take. And I'm like, that that wasn't even a sample. They just took they, the whole song and they just rapped over it. Grab that song. Yeah, and, and still was like. All right. Whatever. It's getting me money. And Mo still, money. Mo money. Less problems for Sting. Apparently. <laughs> but, like, I just, I, to this day, I cannot stand that song. Like, I just heard it so well, much. I believe they would play it about three times an hour. Yeah, basically. And, like, I get it. It was a very, very awesome tribute to Biggie. Right. But I can't stand that song yeah. anymore. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Thanks, radio. I really can't do it. Oh. Um, so the popularity of the rain helped Subadooba Fly go platinum. Yeah. But it also produced a few other hits, including Socket to Me, Hit em with the He, which is the <laughs> whitest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means. I'm gonna and change I don't know that how to, say to it. my ringtone. He's just saying, "Hit him with the heat." I don't know how to say it. Uh, <laughs> and also, beat me nine one one, please, please see now. Uh, she also had a laundry list of friends providing guest appearances on the album, including Busta Rhymes, Aaliyah, mm-hmm. DeBrat, Lil Kim, and Genuine. So many. I remember listening to the genuine song. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a genuine song." Because it yep. even had that weird belching noise in it. Remember from Pony, like the. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> I can't make that noise. No, I know exactly what I'm you're talking about. I'm on a computer. It's a very good impression. We're the worst. Uh, this is where everyone stops listening to us. <laughs> this is when we're getting good. Are you oh, kidding? Oh my god. So now the pressure was on Missy, the performer, to come out with an equally successful second album. Oh, God. Although she had felt extreme pressure to make a successful follow-up album, she pulled it off like it was nothing and avoided the dreaded sophomore slump. Mm -hmm. The Real World debuted on the Billboard 200 chart at number 10 on June 22nd, 1999, and was certified platinum by February of 2000. It again featured a plethora of guests and spawned a few hits, including Hot Boys and She's a Bitch. She dedicated the album to the victims of the Columbine High School massacre that had just happened in April, the same year the album was released. This seems to be a thing. Still like, relevant. Still relevant. <laughs> still de- distressingly and depressingly relevant. Jesus so, Christ. Wow. Wait. Hold up. <laughs> so that came out, you said. This came out in June. Uh, 99? 2000? When the fuck was Columbine? That was 99, right? She, yes. And Columbine happened in April of 99, and she released the album in June 99. Oh, jeez. Right? Yeah, it happened in 99. Yeah, it was April 99. After she released her second album, between the release of that album and about 
2001 when her next album came out she was collaborating collaborating writing and producing for like Whitney Houston Mariah Carey everything this is where I could not possibly list everybody that she collaborated with (laughs) is this like the point where you realize oh shit I didn't realize Missy helped with the song I didn't realize Missy helped with this song I didn't realize she yeah. helped with this song. Yeah. Like, this was the time she... I don't know if you remember Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey. Yes. Heartbreaker, you got the, the best, best of me, me but I just keep on coming back <laughs> incessantly. Oh, why? I was going to put that on the breakups. <laughs> Flashback. I was going to put that on the breakups list, but I was like, no, I don't want to get made fun of for it. Aww. But that's one No, of my I kind of love songs. that song. I don't care... <laughs> I say I don't care about Mariah Carey, but now, like, now Mariah Carey. Right, but 90s early 2000s Mariah Carey. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like Heartbreaker. That's a good song. Yo, fucking Fantasy was an amazing oh, album. Oh, Fantasy was fantastic. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Always Be My Baby. Oh. So good. When she was wearing her crop tops and her cut-off shorts. And, she was oh, so Mariah. Cute. Mariah. Right before she went bonkers. What happened to you? She went bonkers. I think Butterfly was like <laughs> the cusp of bonkers. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so she did like a, a guest rap remix of Heartbreaker. Um, this was when she did um, Lady Marmalade. Yes. That, you're right, Rouge. you're right. Which made so, me not want to see that movie for a very long time until I saw it. And I was like, I love this movie. That movie is so good. I <sighs> I don't like Nicole Kidman, but I fucking love Nicole Kidman in that movie. Totally agree. Even though she is the worst part about that movie, but overall the but movie is fantastic. But it's such a good movie, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like she she's the, the last thing on the list of good things about that movie. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like... Because it's a list, like the whole movie's a good list, and she's at the bottom of it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, there we I go. got it. I got it. Yeah, she's the worst of the best things. There we go. Yes. <laughs> sure. Anyway. Anyway. But 2001 would prove to be a pretty tough year for Missy. Oh. She released her third album, Miss E, dot, 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 So Addictive, mm. on May 15th, once again to rave reviews. It produced mega hits, Get Your Freak On. Yup. And One Minute Man. Get Your Freak On would get Missy a Grammy, her first Grammy, for a best rap solo performance and another non-single called Screamin' AKA AKA Itchin' would get her second Grammy for best female rap solo performance. But the celebrations were short-lived as Missy's best friend and frequent collaborator Aaliyah Died tragically in a plane crash on August 25th. Yeah, that was which, fucking rough. That was harsh for a lot of people. Um, so let me go through what happened with yeah. Aaliyah first. Aaliyah and other members of her record, record company were shooting a music video for her single, Rock the Boat. Mm-hmm. When they finished filming, they boarded a small twin-engine plane. They were in the Bahamas, by the way. I forgot to write that down. They were in the Bahamas, and they were shooting a music video for Rock the Boat. When they finished filming, they boarded a small twin-engine plane that was to bring them to an airport in Miami, Florida. They weren't actually supposed to be on this flight, as they had another flight scheduled for the next day, Mm -hmm. but they decided to return to the U.S. that day anyway, since filming had wrapped up early. Right. This particular plane 
was smaller than the one they were supposed to be on, but it was loaded with all of the people in the party and all of their equipment anyway. Yep. Later investigations would find that the plane was over its maximum weight capacity by over 700 pounds, and they were carrying one excess passenger. Having barely just taken off, the plane crashed only about 200 feet from the end of the runway and exploded. The crash killed all eight people on board. Right. I think... Although I believe the... I think her security guard lived for a little bit. There was one person who was still alive when rescuers got to the scene. he just told them what happened and then died, basically. He he just wanted to know how Aaliyah was. He was just asking about Aaliyah and then he... I I think he died shortly after they got to the hospital. Yeah. Oh my god. It's... Yeah, it's so fucking tragic. It's heartbreaking. And she was like, what, 21? Maybe. Yeah, she was really young. Stupid young. She was like 21 or 22. She had already had a pretty prolific career. Right. At that point, because she started when she was like 14. Yeah. She had some crazy shit in her lifetime. She was married to R. Kelly for a very brief period when she was 15. (sighs) Which that's got to be crazy for anyone. Yep. And there there was a reason she got divorced from him. I don't know what those reasons are. I would be very curious to know. I don't, I don't you know. What? I don't want to know. Because <laughs> R. Kelly's a fucking creep. Yep. But poor Missy. Yeah. That must have really affected her on yeah. like 20 levels. Because here you have this person who's one of your closest friends. And also she's super young. Yeah. And somebody who just, she just started getting her career going. Like she hadn't even reached her peak yet. Right. She was nowhere near it. She just... Was she was on that up. uphill climb. Right. Oh, so that sucks. I mean, naturally, we can assume that it pretty much devastated Missy. Right. Of course. But Missy doesn't really talk about Aaliyah's death much. She doesn't talk re- really about her feelings on it and the details and how she dealt with it. But, I mean, it seems natural to assume that she was really affected by it. Of course. And that it, com- and it completely floored the hip-hop community. But to this day, Missy still pays tribute to Aaliyah in her videos and on social media. And just by speaking of her love and reverence, I think Aaliyah's birthday was recently, somewhat recently. Right. And she, like, posted this really sweet, really loving tribute to her on Instagram. Yeah. So she still talks about her. She still keeps her memory alive. Damn, that was a long time ago, too, at this point. In, like, all of her videos, she has some kind of tribute to Aaliyah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's crazy. She, Aaliyah, now, would be 39. Damn. Imagine that. Damn, it's, that sucks. It's crazy to think that it was so long ago. It's also really shitty to think about how many amazing artists died in <laughs> shitty plane crashes that were completely unnecessary. Yeah. Have you seen La Bamba? Not yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't. Oh, we my God. We had this conversation. Ugh, such a disgrace. <laughs> anyway... Less than a month after Aaliyah's death, 9-11 happened. Oh, my God. So, Missy made it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a You that are was bringing me back to high school, <laughs> and it's weirding me out. Yep. I remember when 9-11. I remember exactly where I was and what happened when 9-11 happened. Or I, where I was when 9-11 happened. I remember where I was, and it wasn't until after everything happened that I showed up and everyone's like, did you see what happened? I was like, no, what happened? Because <laughs> I was in chorus and we don't have a monitor or oh. anything in the auditorium. <clears throat> so I come out and they're like, oh my God, we're all going to die. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? Say what? What's <laughs> happening? I was just singing music. <laughs> what? 
I was in AP English class. Class had already started. Teacher was teaching. Um, My classmate, Matt, who was notoriously late for class every single day, came in late, like later than usual. Our teacher was like, oh, thanks for joining us or whatever. (laughs) He was like, no, did you see what happened? And we're like, what? He was like, like a plane flew into one of the Twin Towers. What? And we're like... Oh, nice. Good excuse. Oh, no. Whatever. Like, really? <laughs> this is what this is what you've been reduced to is to making up these kind of stories. Oh and he's God. like, no, I'm serious. Oh. A plane flew into the Twin Tower. Oh, my God. And then we were like, oh, shit, he's serious. He's not fucking with us. Yeah. And then, like, every classroom, like, yeah. pulled a TV in so yep. we could, like, watch it. There, and, everybody like, who was in school when we were in school when 9-11 happened, you didn't have school for us today. We still had school. But, like, you didn't you didn't have class. You were watching the fucking TV all day. We were talking about it, yeah. definitely. There was... Oh, my God. I don't think something like that could ever happen again. I very... In, like, in it, that way. I very... In that way. Yeah. Because social media. Yeah, everybody would know instantly. Yeah. But we didn't have that. Right. So, all we had was I whatever had the adults... I had a brick phone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a Zach Morris cell phone? <laughs> Practically. I could murder someone with it. <laughs> But uh, I do very specifically remember that the, at that point in time, my high school, the PA system would cut out. Oh, like, good. they could get, like, three words out and it would cut out. And then, like, five minutes later, they get another three words out and it would cut out. It was... And nobody would fix it. Nobody would fucking fix it. So they tried to do, like, this really heartfelt announcement. Oh, no. And they got, like, Stop. 30 seconds in and it cut out. And then they got it back. It fucking cut out and it kept cutting out. And it, we got to a point where we were like, just stop. Stop. Just stop He's it. He's already dead. <laughs> You're stop. beating a dead horse. Oh. We get it. Just stop it. Knock it off. <laughs> disrespectful at this point. At, at this point, it was disrespectful. <laughs> but then we would talk. We would talk high school. You tried. You tried so hard. Trying counts. After 9-11 happened, Missy made a video that put two songs into one. So oh. Take Away and For My People became oh. like a tribute to her best friend and the victims of the terrorist attack. And that's what she like made the video Holy to be. shit. And it wasn't a smash hit, but I don't think it was supposed to be. It was more like a recognition of the victims of that year and a way to pay her respects Jesus. to everything. I mean, that's a heavy... That's a lot That shit's heavy. I, I, it, yeah, that's, that's a lot. And I don't know where she was living at this point, but mm-hmm. if, if her base was in New York City, then that probably yeah. hit her pretty hard. Despite that, she made another album, and she released Under Construction in 2002, and then she released This Is Not a Test in 2003. Oh. So she was still collaborating with a whole Jesus. shit ton of other people. I didn't realize how close they were together. Yeah, so she released, it was Super Duper Fly in 97, yep. So Addictive in 99, mm-hmm. Uh, under construction in 2002. This is not in test in 2003. Damn. She's just, again, shitting out albums. Yep, pretty much. But, and they're, but here's the thing. Under construction is a fantastic so album. And I wonder, you know, maybe all the grief and all the shit and all just the everything contributed to that because I never thought about it. And now I want to go back and re-listen to it. I remember listening through her discography and every, I'm like, oh, this is good, this is good. When I got to Under Construction, I'm like, I don't need to skip a track on this shit. Yeah. 
It is so good. Yeah, it really is. It's such a good album. And and Under Construction had classic Missy singles, Work It and Get Your Freak On, mm. which she was nominated for two Grammys, while This Is Not a Test had Passed That Dutch and I'm Really Hot. Damn. And past that Dutch, the video for that is actually a really sweet tribute to Aaliyah in the beginning. Aww. It's very sweet. You should watch it. After The Cookbook came out in 2005, right. that was her next album, Missy's career came to a screeching halt. Right. She started getting sick and couldn't figure out why. She started losing weight at a rapid pace despite normal eating habits. Hmm. She was exhausted constantly. Her hair began to fall out. She began Hmm. having migraines and her blood pressure was skyrocketing. After a particularly harrowing incident where she almost crashed her car because she was having such bad leg spasms, she went to the doctor. She was diagnosed with Graves' disease, (gasps) which is a hyperthyroid disorder. Fuck yes! (laughs) I knew it! When you're like, she's losing weight, losing hair, getting migraines, I'm like, she's got hyperthyroid. Yep. Because I have a hypothyroid. And that was, I started getting all the opposites of what Missy was getting. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just, you know, fucking married to a doctor. I could be one myself. I can't be a doctor. That's not how it works. No, that's not how that works. (laughs) It's just because I also have a bad disease with my thyroid. Oh, Missy, I didn't know she had a fucking Graves disease. Yeah, and that's why she hasn't really released an album since the cookbook in 2005. She's been, she's constantly been working, but... At this point, when she was getting sick, she couldn't work. She said that she couldn't even lift a pen to write anything. Right. Because she just had no strength. She finally got diagnosed with this and started treatment. And the disease forced her to take a serious break from the spotlight. Damn. So she she didn't really do anything herself as a performer for like 10 years. At least, if not... At least 10 years. She performed, I remember... 2016 when Katy Perry was in the Super Bowl Left Shark was that Left Shark this no because this that was because a... Missy performed I remember Missy performing with Katy Perry in the Super Bowl and people were losing it because we'll get to that oh we'll get to that oh, we'll get to that we'll get to that all right <clears throat> I don't jump in the gun was it was that the same as Left Shark I think it might have been the same it had as Left to Shark. be because I'm I don't recall Katy Perry doing two Super Bowl halftime shows I don't watch I think the Super Bowl, a- and I don't like Katy Perry. So we are really so, out of my roundhouse right now. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, nope. I'm I'm pulling this shit out of my ass at this point. Sorry, yeah, kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so she continued to write and produce for other artists while she was taking this break from the spotlight, but it put a stop to her own performing, and it ended up leading to a serious fear, fear of performing again. No way. Like I said before, Missy had always been a shy person, but during this hiatus, her shyness almost turned into a fear of performing or maybe more likely a fear of being judged Uh because, you know, like we talked about before, she comes off as this very cool and confident person, but underneath that, she was always very shy and always very worried about people judging her and what they were going to think of her. And honestly, with thyroid disease, you can end up with depression, anxiety, and depending on how long it took for her to get diagnosed. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that this may have bubbled more than it ever had previously. Right. 
So finally, in 2014, it was her old friend Pharrell that got her into the studio again to nice. make her own music. Oh. He just called her up one day and was like, what you doing? <laughs> she was like, what's up? What's what you doing? That's pretty much. And she was like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, let's go in the studio. Let's do some stuff. It's like those reenactments for crime movies or those crime shows, except you're like, Pharrell's like, what you doing? Missy says, nothing. It's kind of like when you have to take like a HIPAA certification test at work. Uh, and it's like, yeah. Jerry is in the office today. <laughs> Mary comes up to him and... <laughs> Pharrell calls Missy. <laughs> he asks her how she's doing today. <laughs> how is this wrong? <laughs> what kind of sexual harassment is this? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about because we have to do those. Oh, we have to do them Everybody all the time. Who lives, in a, who lives? Who works in a fucking office setting? You know. You uh-huh. know exactly what we're fucking talking about. And those shitty stock photos. Just con- everybody's handing papers to each other. I don't understand. There's always a what? transfer of paper. Why is there so much paper? It's 2018. I thought everything was electronic now. <laughs> It is not 2018 in the sexual harassment. Yeah, they're at least in 2008 at best. Yeah, at best. <laughs> they're like... still using those printers that do that make that awful noise that Shit. do. <laughs> yep. I am. My <laughs> noise making game is on point tonight, oh, ladies absolutely. and gentlemen. 100%. You're welcome. <laughs> so Pharrell got her into the studio with him and they made some music just for her and they had a super productive six days of recording because apparently missy only needs six days to fucking record anything well the lord took six days and on the seventh day he rested shut the fuck up <laughs> missy shut. took six days and on the seventh day she fucking party <laughs> i assume so therefore missy is lord yeah you know what Missy is Lord. I'm going with it. I'm okay with that. I'm going with it. So <laughs> I'll go to the church of Missy any fucking day. Yes. We should start that. I'll do um, it. All we do is drink beer and watch wrestling. <laughs> and listen to Super and listen Fly to over and over again. Shortly after a studio session with Pharrell, Katy Perry's team contacted Missy and asked her to perform with Katy during the Super Bowl halftime show. Please help. <laughs> Please. Please send help. Because I'm Katy Perry and I need help. You know what? I don't even care. I'm throwing all the shade. Come for me. <laughs> Come for me. Of course she said yes. But wasn't exactly ready for the pressure her surprise appearance would come with. So the night before the Super Bowl... She had a full-blown panic attack. Oh. She was rushed to the hospital, IVs, all that shit, everything, but still no one knew about the panic attack until years later. She didn't say a goddamn word about it. She didn't- No fucking way. She didn't start talking about it until like the last year. Oh, shit. But she had like a serious panic attack, but she showed up for the gig anyway and killed it. Because she's a fucking boss. Yep. By the end of that week, she had racked up over 350,000 downloads on iTunes because it was such a big deal. Well, was that where her and Fro um, premiered, where, the, where are they from? No. Okay. She did three songs, Lose Control, Get Your Freak On, and Work It. Maybe. I think it was Work It. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think they did 
I feel like that came out relatively soon after the Super Bowl, though, because I remember being really excited. I was like, I remember seeing Missy for a while. Yes. So I remember that song coming out. It's a pretty good song. Yeah, it it was right after that that she released Where Are They From? Okay, okay. Which was one of the songs that came out of her session with Pharrell. Right. Right before uh, the Super Bowl. Damn. So she released Where Are They From? It was... It, I love that song. Is By the way, it is fantastic, song. and the video is amazing. Oh, see, I, I just seen the video. Oh, I love looking at her. She's so pretty. She's and really her, fucking like she's mesmerizing. She is, and her makeup is always fucking on point, and her outfits are amazing. I wish I could wear her outfits and not right. look like a dumpy piece of shit, because I don't know how <laughs> she does it, but she looks so good in menswear inspired outfits right and like leather jumpsuits well, and, and I shit i feel like now she's taken menswear made it slightly feminine yes but it's not this overtly feminine look because it's not really she doesn't wear like fitted outfits she she's still not, wears she's not running around with like her tummy out or her yeah or her titties out or anything but like she's that. wearing not like there's anything wrong with that but she's got her own look where she wants to look like this feminine chick, but she still has a conservative, yeah, conserv- conservative-ness to it. Gotcha. Yes. Collaborate on that word. Yeah. Collaboration. <laughs> Just like Mizzy. That's right. We're taking some notes here. So um, after she released Where Are They From, she released a few random singles here and there over the years and has teased a new album several times, but we're still waiting. Yeah. And she hasn't released a full LP since 2005. Yeah. I was all excited because I knew what, where they from came out. She released two more and singles after that. she had a couple more after that. But didn't she do something again with Lil' Kim recently? Maybe I'm making that up. I might be making that up. I don't know. I, I am on my third anything. beer. I could be making that up. <laughs> um, but the point is, I do... Yeah, I've listened to some of the newer stuff, and I was going through Amazon Music. I'm like, all right, where's the new album? Where's the new album? I did the same exact Where's... thing. I was like, wait, mm. did she put something out last year, didn't she? Discography, Wikipedia. And then it stops at 2005, and you're like, but wait. But, and that's the thing, too, is she does do so many collaborations that you would think she's had an album out. You would think. Because I did things like One Two Step, did that come out after her 2005 album? Yeah, no, it didn't. It came out before, I think. Yeah, It came out before. Yeah, it did. Wow. So, like, yeah. That was I'm just way trying before. To think. She's done so many collaborations, though, and she's done so much work like, for other artists that you can only imagine. Of course she still has, like, yeah. three other albums. I'm sorry. Wait, there's only at least five? Yeah. Is that it? Oh, she hasn't put out an album in 13 years? What? Are you sure? Wait, But, like, what? she's still so fucking relevant. Yeah. Because you still see her. You still see her all the time. She was still, like, guessing on, Ciara, on like, everything Ciara did. Yeah. So, you just she assume still... that she was out there. Yeah. Yeah. Still waiting for an album. Come on. Still not come there. on, Missy. We're here for it. <clears throat> I would love to hear a new album from her. I would 100%. I'm on board. I'm okay with having new jams put on the jukebox. Yep. That's, that's pretty much, you know, the history of Missy, because since 2000... Five. She's just been doing collaborations and putting out a single here and there. So does she still do work with Timbaland? I like they've never had a falling out or anything. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, not at all. Because I really haven't. I mean, maybe it's just because she hasn't put anything out, and he doesn't really put out his own solo work. He's more of a producer type. Yeah, and I think they still write and produce for other artists, right? Together, because 
they're still friends and they yeah. still work on shit together so i assume he she's doing a lot of the writing and guesting and he's doing a lot of the producing interesting but what i really want to talk about now mm-hmm. is missy's feminist legacy let's do it in particular her song pussycat yeah off of under construction yes If you really listen to the lyrics, mm. it's all just a woman complimenting her own pussy and how amazing it is. Right? It's so amazing that it keeps her man satisfied and stops him from looking at other women. As long as she's satisfied, he's satisfied, and all is well. Right. And this it this is not just a message that's a one-off song. Mm. This is in, like, every single song that she writes. Right. And at least every single single that she has every single hit she has is really about women having confidence in themselves being okay with themselves and really owning it yeah and on top of that not tearing other women down that's a big thing with missy yeah um you never i did not hear any song tearing anybody else down being like oh i'm the best mc and you fucking right. suck she's not wasting her time with fucking bitter rivalries and right. shit like that. And She's just like, we're all women. Let's fucking be badass together. Yeah. And I read an article from uh, Dazed about Missy's feminist legacy and how there's a lot of other female artists that are doing a lot for the feminist culture. Yeah. Like, Beyonce is doing a lot. She's... Yep. And Taylor, she's done a lot of work for Be- with Beyonce too, yes. which I didn't realize until I listened to the albums. Yep, she has, and um, like Taylor Swift has her her f- girl friends and whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever Taylor <laughs> what can Swift gloss over does. Taylor Swift. Um, but they make a good point. Yes, in the sense that Taylor Swift is kind of a feminist icon i guess Mm. um (laughs) sure but at the same time she's promoting this girl power thing but she's also tearing other females down at the same time with this whole girl squad thing yeah yeah i feel like in some ways she just tears herself down yeah and well i mean especially with the girl squad thing she has this group of female friends that she really loves but it's like Anyone who's outside of this girl squad isn't good enough. So right. in, in reality, you're actually tearing down a majority of women anyway. Right. And there's one, I can't remember which Beyonce album it is. She has like this, all these songs like Girls Around the World and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she has Jay-Z guessing on her album about how he beats the shit out of his his woman. Oh. So it's like... Yeah. It's contradictory messages. It's very contradictory where you don't really see that with Missy. No. Everything is, I want to help lift all these female females up and all of my female friends up. 
and give them confidence and build up their careers and help them and collaborate with them. Yeah. Because they deserve it. Because every woman deserves it. Yeah. So. Yo, fucking Missy might be my favorite feminist icon now. She's so fucking positive. She's kind of mine. I can't really find a fucking reason to not agree with her. Yeah. Because she's right. Because that is probably one of, I think, the biggest problems with the feminist movement, I think, in this month between everything that we've been learning. We tend to be our own worst enemy, Mm -hmm. either personally or against each other. And Missy's like, you know what? I don't even give a shit if I got beef. Sorry, Lil' Kim. But even Lil' Kim gets in her fucking weird beefs with other artists. But Missy never gets fucking involved. She's like, I'm just trying to say, girl, you got a fly-ass pussy. Show that right. shit off. Right, right, right. Like, I feel like that's just M- Missy's agenda is, but, like, show that fly-ass pussy off. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> this song in particular, I mean, it's a woman that knows her sexuality and how to use it. And right. she's showing other women that it's okay to embrace the pussy. Embrace it. Embrace it. You weren't seeing this expressed so explicitly back in 2002 when this song came out Mm -mm. let alone even now like taylor swift isn't writing song lyrics like quote unquote pussy don't fail me now she's not gonna be saying that stuff can you imagine she's whiter than us though (laughs) however she's whiter than us (laughs) and at the end of this song missy gives what can only be a pep talk to women and i'm gonna try and say this and not sound like the dumbest person ever (laughs) i just want to talk about how people always say yo that's too nasty and why your mouth's so vulgar why you gotta sing all these nasty records and all that but i've been representing the ladies and we got something to say we've been quiet too long ladylike very patient we didn't get mad when prince has his ass out we thought he was going to turn around to the front and have the front out too, but you know that didn't happen. We always had to deal with the guy, you know, talking about how they gun wear out, wear us out on records, and you know how I had to do records that's strictly representing for my ladies and how to keep your man, keep his eyes from wandering and looking around, and sex is not a topic that we should always sweep underneath the rug. Praise be Missy. I remember take me to yesterday church. or Friday when I was listening to the album at work and I got to the end of the song and she starts talking about that and I'm like, yes. And this yes. is this is fuck yes, Missy. Yes. And this is 2002 she's yes. saying this. So, I mean, it really isn't that long ago. No. It's 16 years ago. Oh. Though. though. Oh. But in 2000 years ago from high school. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even though it, it it was 16 years ago and people weren't really talking about that stuff. Right. Like, being your own confident female self was not really spoken about all that much in 2002. It was right. just starting to build. Right. And it took a long time for it to build to where it is now. Where it's okay to be, you know, your own female self. And I, I should also mention, um, she also became kind of an icon for the LGBT community because she never really felt the need to explain her sexuality. Right. So it kind of became ambiguous in a way. Yeah. And I don't know if she did that on purpose to show that you don't need to explain your sexuality to people, Mm -hmm. but she's now kind of become 
kind of an icon in that in the LGBT community, oh. which is kind of awesome. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Yes. Yeah. I. 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 You know what? I'm gonna say Missy probably just never even felt the need to make that an issue. Yeah, I don't think she did. Because I can't see her, and, and this isn't even a dig. This is a compliment. Like I can't even see her being like, "Let me make this an issue." I can see her being like, "This doesn't need to be." It's a fucking not even issue. an issue, so I'm not going to talk about right. it. Right. Anyway, Missy has always been unapologetically sexual. Mm-hmm. She writes songs about how hot she is, and she is hot, mm-hmm. despite the fact that she says she has a fear of being judged and is incredibly shy. She always comes off as cool and confident. Like your best friend, but also your hero at the same time. She raps about being confident with who you are and what you are and supporting other women. And the kicker is she actually practices what she preaches. You don't see her tearing down other female artists or compromising who she is or her personal style to fit a mold. She just is Missy. Done. I'm going to fill my room with Missy Elliott posters <laughs> like I'm 16 again because I fucking missed out. Yeah. I was too busy being a weird fucking gothy new metal kid to realize how amazing Missy was. Not that I didn't like her back then. I just wasn't into I just that. didn't know. I didn't know. And I was oh my dumb God. back then and I was all about fucking Nirvana right. and no. Silverchair so and I'm not gonna about fucking, awesome ladies. I'm going to fucking grab like my niece... My husband's niece, and I'm going to be like, y'all are getting locked into the garage, clockwork orange style. And you're going to have a Missy dance party. We're going to have a fucking Missy dance party. Except I guess it's not clockwork orange style because then they'd have to be tied to chairs. (laughs) I'd be dancing. I'm like, but why? But why? No. Fucking that is your homework. Go listen to goddamn Missy Elliott. She is your goddamn hero. You know what? She is my patron saint. Of feminism. Absolutely. I'm calling it now. But, and not just like feminism, but cool and confident right? feminism. You know what? Just like fucking... feminism that doesn't try so hard. You know what? She's my fucking patron saint of being a goddamn human. Yeah. A She's... decent human being. That's, you know what? Missy Elliott is the bar and we need to fucking aspire to hit it. Exactly. Even if, even if I could just like fingertip grace it. Yeah. I'd be happy. And that's why I'm so glad that like, I got to do this episode because I learned so much about her that oh my I, God. I am, I'm a fucking idiot. I should have learned more about her years ago and I didn't, but I'm glad we did this because I learned so much about her and I have so much respect for her. She's amazing. Yeah. Also a fun little tidbit. Apparently last year, a Virginia man started a change.org campaign to get a statue of Missy erected in her hometown of Portsmouth. Yup currently sitting at the proposed site for the new statue a confederate monument yo but like tear that shit down put missy up there you know what the right choice is yes (laughs) fucking do it yes you do make the right choice also if that if that change.org petition is still there go fucking sign it go fucking sign what do you can you just google like change.org i don't know i'll look for it because if i can find it we'll fucking put it on our twitter seriously on our facebook instagram you you, fucking we're gonna put it everywhere all of it everywhere because missy is the best person ever and i love her I hope the rest of you guys feel as fucking uplifted and happy as I do to right now because I feel real fucking good. This was actually a really good story this and not as depressing story. as uh, our last few episodes. Have yeah, been. I mean, no promises for the last episode of the month, but yeah, 
you know what? Like, fucking take it. Run with it. This was good shit. Yep. I feel good now. And now I just want to listen to Gossip Folk on loop. I already have it in my head. Oh, my God. Well, I think think we'll wrap it up here, kids. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. If you could please and thank you, follow us on all the social medias, the Facebook and the Instagram, at Rock Candy Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Rock Candy Pod. We have a website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. You see a theme here. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Yes, Rate and please. review us on Stitcher, because now we're on Stitcher. Uh, Google Play, all whatever the fuck you can fucking throw oh, fucking stars thing. and happiness our way. And you know what? I do want to send out a special thank you. I feel like we've gotten a lot of friends recently. So we have, you. which is fantastic. We've gotten a lot of listeners and... lately. We've gotten a lot of really good reviews lately. So, like, thank you guys so much for all the support that you've been giving us thus far. And we just hope that you'll stick with us despite our terrible singing in episodes <laughs> as we continue on through this journey of music. And we hope you're learning shit, too. Learn yourself something. Learn yourself something. <laughs> and with that, I will say party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, all you crazy kids out there. My. My. Should I bring it back right now? Then bring it back now. Woo! Oh! I see you, kid. Now, see, I'm going to do it like see.